welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. This man is wonderful. And this is such an amazing moment. Can we just clap for him? Let him know he's at home. James is at home. I love this guy. I'm so happy this is happening. I'm going to give you the mic now. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to me now today, guys. Okay. So my name is James. And uh, I'm from Cork. And I was raised in a Catholic house that was totally uh, devoid. There was no God, really, in my house. But I went to school, and it was a Catholic school where we would pray. So I would say, as a child, I did know God. When I was looking up, walking to school, six, seven years of age, I would pray that God was there. And I went through my teenage years, and I'm not going to go into detail about the things that you know happened and, and didn't happen, but if you told me the things when I was 19, or if you told me the things when I was 14 that I was doing when I was 19, I, I, just, I, just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have believed you, you know, and I kind of, I smile at the, you know, the psychologists that say, oh, it's because he didn't have this or it's because he didn't have that. There was a lot of advantage and there was a lot of disadvantage in my life. If the enemy gets a hold of you and you walk with him, he'll bring you down. It doesn't, it doesn't matter whether you have the perfect home or the unperfect home. You know, I had a lot of advantage and a lot of disadvantage in my life. It could have just as easily been either way. And so, when I was 20 years old, I was stabbed straight in my lung. And uh, I I remember the incident. I remember it was about 3 o'clock in the morning. And I looked around and there was nobody. It was the middle of nowhere. And I was going to die. Um, And I was 20 years old. You know, I, despite all the extremities of the things that happened, it would never occur to me that I was going to die. And I looked around, and in the natural, I would have died. But I prayed to God in the same way when I was six or seven. God, if you can get me out of this one, it was one of those prayers, if you can get me out of this one, I'm yours forever, right? You know? And I kept stumbling, and at that point, my lung had collapsed, and I was bleeding to death, and I came around the corner, and there was a car, and there was a woman in the car, and I slumped against the window, and I got into the car. She drove me to hospital, and I lived. And a few days later, I was walking, I I said, I know I have to change my life around. I can't do this on my own. I was like, you know, you could say... Oh, I'm going to be a different person, but three, four you know, months down the line, you'll be doing the same thing again. And I walked into the YMCA here in Cork, and there was a woman stood across uh, the counter from me, and I still, remember, I still remember the expression on her face, and she gave me a note. She said, I'm going to give you an address of a place. And she said, go down there. She didn't tell me what it was. She said, just go down there and... You know, just go there. And I walked down, and the church used to be around the corner, just here. And uh, I, wa- I walked in, and there was 
maybe it was a Wednesday night, there was maybe 30, 40 people, Nick was preaching. And uh, kind of halfway through, I realized, this is a freaking church. <laughs> I was like, this is not for me, like, you know. And uh, I stayed till the end anyway. And uh, I was getting up to kind of leave. I was putting in my chair and I was walking out and there was a young man there. And he said, are you James? And I said, uh, I said, I am. He said, you were talking to my mom, was it? And I said, yeah. And I spoke to him for about 20 minutes. And I just remember there was, there was a, a 20 or 30 second point when he was speaking to me where it just seemed to come flowing out of him. It just seemed to come bubbling out of him, you know? And I know now looking back that at that moment, I was, you know, for want of a better word, I was, I was infected with something, you know, in a good way. Something came into my life at that moment. And I kept coming back. You know, people would say to me, like, you know, they come up, you know, speak to me about God. And I wouldn't want to hear it. I wasn't coming for God. You know, I, I, I was coming back because I, I wanted to change my life around. But God wasn't. I didn't want to hear it. So for the person that thinks, oh, I wanted something to believe and wanted some hold on to I didn't want to know about God, you know. And... Uh, it was about, and I remember of the 30 people, shall we say, in kind of young adults, there was 12, 10 or 12 of them who were coming away from a hard life of drugs, crime, prison, and God was changing their lives. You know, it, it, the church has grown and changed now, which is great. There's a lot more people here. But that was a big, that was a big part of what we, what we were doing, you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, it was God was changing people's lives. And it was about four months in, I remember the penny dropped. Suddenly, it actually, I remember it felt like a veil was dropping in my mind. You know, it, it, was, it was an uncovering of, of, of seeing that God is, he's everywhere. He's not, he's not an idea or a belief. It became a knowledge of God. It became a knowing of God. It wasn't something that, it wasn't an idea that, you know, you had to think, oh, well, God is a creator. It became something that I knew. And a peace entered into my life and a happiness entered into my life that just filled me. It wasn't based on circumstance. It, I was smiling all the time. You know, it, it, was, it, it, was the, it was the best time of my life. And that summer was the best summer of my life. And with that came, a, it was like, I remember I, I stayed friends with, with, with Sean and a few of the lads. And uh, I remember them saying to me, you seem to have got the, hang of it very quickly or it's come to you very quickly like and it was just I can't explain it, it was just an understanding of God and so I I stayed in the church for a year and then I I left so I consciously left the church um, and I remember being 21 years old and there was, I wanted to go and live. You know, I wanted to go enjoy the things of the world. God had cleaned me up. I was more socially acceptable, should we say, you know? And I left. And a lot of that is, is actually social pressures from, from, from within the kind of Christian circle, that sense that, oh, well, you shouldn't be drinking now and you, you shouldn't be having relationships with people, you know, outside of the church. And they were the reasons that I left reasons why I went you know so and it's something I hold with me like that 
you know, you know, I, I often speak to young men coming in, and I think, you know, whatever you're doing on a Tuesday or Monday night, don't stop it from, from, it from don't stop it making you come to church on a Sunday morning. You know, you know, I, I, that's that's one thing I've learned. You know, don't don't judge someone from what they're for what they're doing or not doing. And so I left, and I went chasing the things in the world. I did a fancy event management degree, and. I got a job with this, you know, high-flying event manager, and the more I was chasing things, the emptier I was getting. You know, um, you know, there's a kind of a, a dark night of the human soul where you know you you get you. you I, I wouldn't say I was there, but I was at the very least I was tasting things, and you're kind of going, well, if it's not this, then what? You know, if this isn't working, then what? And so I spent my years kind of coming into church. I'd pop into church and I'd see the guys and they'd be like, hey, you know, I'm staying around and I'd, I'd be gone again, you know, a few weeks later and I'd come back and I'd go and come back. And uh, I, at that time I was living in Ibiza a lot. So I was going back and forth to Ibiza and I came back in October uh, of my, my third year and I tried to fix myself. I got into the, you know, the self-help books and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I could do a whole day on how that's a load of mumbo jumbo, you know. I could spend, you can, it can tell you what's up with the car. It can tell you, you know, a half-baked theory of where it comes from, but they can't fix you. They can't, they can't give you the answers. They can't, they can't show you the people that have done, well, here's people who've done three, four years of work on themselves, and now they're better. Okay, I can show you a room full of people, including myself, whose God has changed their life. So I was doing this self-help thing, and uh, it was about 2018. I was at just a small party. The parties weren't as good as they used to be. They were getting a lot worse as I got older, and it was about 2018. I, I was just in a kind of gathering, and, uh, and I, I remember the moment I was sitting in this house that this darkness came flooding into my mind, and, and it, it, it came flooding into my head, and boom. And it was then that I started coming back to God. It was that moment that I came back to God. It was then that I started coming back to church. It was then that I started reading my Bible. God knows exactly how to pierce you. He knows exactly, you know, sometimes you're being developed in the darkness. You know, it's not, you know, those years I was popping in and out of church, you know, it was come raise my hands and it was, lu- it was lukewarm, it was shallow deep. And it was that moment I started getting closer to God again. And I was in the Netherlands for two years. I read my Bible pretty much every day, and uh, I was watching online, so they saved me. Um, I, I, I tuned in everything through my little tablet, and God started speaking to me get, again. And being close to God is enough for me. I don't need a house and, you know, these big things and a new car or a new career. Being close to God is enough, you know? Yeah. 
And so, so I went to the Netherlands and I came back and I was and got back involved in the church again. I'm coming to, I'm coming to the end of it now. Um, some of the things I, 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 I've learned is that the suffering we go through and the things we go through are not for ourselves. They're for, they're, they're for the young man that comes in who's broken so that you can share your testimony with him and he can get something from that. The suffering that we, in the same way that Jesus went through suffering for us, the suffering that we go through is not for ourselves. I don't purport to be a wise Christian, but that's one thing that God has taught me, you know? And I'm okay with the suffering. I'm okay with it these days, you know? We tend to kind of think of God as a Santa Claus, you know? Bring me the, you know, bring me the new car, bring me the wife, bring me the, bring me the you know, new house. But I, I'm, I'm okay with it because I, I, I know I'm getting closer to God. I heard a preacher say once that the anointing is in the bitterness and the sadness and the tears. You know, it's, it's, it's through the strife that we're made as Christians. And these days, you know, I'm about the one. I'm about the one, you know. I, you know, give it, you know, I, I enjoy Christians who are Christians already being lifted by things. But I'm about the person who doesn't know God. I know God can change people's lives. It's not something that I have to, I, it's, not, it's not a promise even or, or, or a belief or an idea or it's not something that is there tomorrow. God says life is here today. And, and, and li- life is not going out. If there's anyone who's 21 here who's thinking, you know what, I'm thinking the exact same thing that he was thinking when he was 21. I want to go into the world and I want to, you know, get the women and get the nice job and do his thing. I would have enjoyed my 20s a hell of a lot more if I was here, okay? (laughs) One minute, okay. So, like I said, life is not going out and tripping over the same things over and over again. Life is with God. You know, and uh, I'm just blessed to be here. Uh, Thank you for listening to me today. Folks, we've got a wonderful couple coming up now. They're going to testify. We love them. Nathan and Cassia, they just got married, folks. They just got married. It's so good to have them this morning. Can we clap? Can we make them feel extra special at home this morning? Yeah, you got this. Hi, good morning, church. Um, I'm really happy to be here, but I'm really, really nervous. <laughs> My heart is. <laughs> um, so, um, how do most of people know I? English is not in my first language, so I'm so sorry if I make some mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> and uh, Pastor Patrick said we recently married just one month, yeah, uh, last week. <laughs> and you are really, really blessed people, um, couple. And, but he, we have a story as well before we met each other. Um, so I'm Cassia, if you don't know me. 
Um, I'm from Brazil. Um, I'm 31 years old. And uh, I need to follow my script here. <laughs> Sorry. So um, I grew up in a Christian family. And I have known the Bible since I was a child. So it was really blessing to me. So my father was a pastor as well. So I was a very active um, pastor in church. So it was really, really good. And, but when I turned 18, I moved to another church. And I started to actually to have another level of my relationship with God. Because I was used to have a relationship with God. It was really, really good. But kind of I was falling the way, yeah, because I was growing up in a Christian family. But when I moved to this new church, I just was with myself and my family staying in, in the another ministry in another church. So um, also um, before I moved to the church, um, I found a boyfriend of the age 15. And the relationship lasts seven years, and we got, got engaged as well. And when I was 21 or 22, we broke up, and this time was very, very difficult to me, and really affected my confidence. And uh, after I asked many times, God, why something was happening in my life, um, after that, I could see I was growing closer to the God, and He showed me that He was in control and not me. I was able to dedicate more time into Him, and I had experience with God beyond the odds of the church. And my young life belonged to Him, and I realized how it was blessing to have this time with Him because just it was he and I. And I continue to pray for the things of desires that I have in my heart. Um, also, when I was growing up, um, I had the dream to study and live another ground. And I made a plan and arrangement from moving abroad, but never worked it out. And... I got frustrated again. It's a bad thing because when you're young, you got frustrated very easy. <laughs> and I asked God the reason why about some things um, was happening, and I got answered about to be patient and trusting Him. Waiting is not easy, really, it's not easy. I know the Bible, I knew the Bible, I know who God is. But it's different, it's different when just we see other things happening within other people and when you have your own experience with God. And I didn't know before, today I know, how everything happened in my life and how I am different now. And um, I was being prepared. But initially, um, I was... Ireland it wasn't at my first idea. Um, I was planning to go to Canada, and I thought he'd go to United States. Um, Canada was my, my favorite. 
I don't know, just I thought it was a beautiful country. And I don't remember when Ireland became an option to me. Then, um, in 2019, um, I found an agency, that's right? <laughs> an agency. So uh, they normally they help students and they are planning to go um, to another country to study. And they help you with the visa, paperwork, and some documents, and with the English school or, and accommodation. And, and I wasn't planning to come for too long. <laughs> just a few months, just to see what it was like. <laughs> but I really want to do it. So it was confusing to continue to have, to have my life, because I had I had really good life. I, I really I can't complain. If I had my desires, God was providing everything to me. But it, um, if I was planning to come here, I wanted to have this experience. And I was in my mind, I could finish here my time and then come back to Brazil. And, and then, um, after I started with my plan, the pandemic started. And I thought that this dream had finished too. And during this time, um, I was a teacher and the school were closed. And I wasn't able to save um, enough money to organize it to come in here. Um, but God continues telling me to be patient and wait. And eventually, we, the pandemic situation was kind of improving. And I could back to work again. And God provided me suddenly other jobs too. And this helped me to to pay for the things, you know, and the things as well as needing. Um, but I still needed to have um, a quantity um, of the money to be able to sustain myself here. So, um, because um, if you are a student or you needed to prove to Irish immigration that you can live here with you, with your money and kind of for to come in here it's an important thing as well so um, I was praying hard for a way to to see what could happen and um, on the same time and um, my brother and my sister-in-law and they moved uh, to Portugal and I needed to follow them there. So I was able to change my, my flight tickets and go to Portugal instead of our island. And even for these decisions, this, before I, I made this decision, I needed to pray as well and ask it to God it was the right way to do. And so just before I come to Portugal, um, I received the quantity of the money that I was needing um, from my job, and I had enough to prove the free to Irish immigration and sustain myself, and it, and also to 
to pay for my tickets between Portugal and after heat um, on Ireland. Um, so when I I remember my in my mind when I put when I was here for the first time in Europe, I couldn't believe it was how something was happening to me, you know. It's like how I could say bye was something that I had and I what could ha happen with my life now. So even it was really a desire in my heart, it's hard to fall a new way and when you just you're uh, for yourself. So um when I eventually when I got to Ireland I was so happy to be here. And I realized everything had been a really big answer of my prayers. And I had a specific praying with God that when I arrived here, the first thing that I needed to do was looking for a church, to find a church, to serve him and to continue to have my life with him. Um, but um, there are a lot of distractions here, you know. Um, my mind starts to be worried again about the future. And I started to think how, I don't know, I could, could get a job or where I could live and anything, uh, something more. Um, but a lot of provide one more time, really everything. Um, I got a really nice house with really nice people, actually Christian people. I don't know, I talked to Pastor John and they didn't know the people that was living before. They're really nice. And um, God introduced me really um, with nice friends too. And I couldn't find a really nice church how I am now, and wow, that even I was having a lot of things was scary. Many times I was thinking that how some things could be happening because really I, I don't deserve nothing that was having my life. So, um, and there are a big blessing too that I wasn't really expecting. When God introduced me, this guy, <laughs> and <laughs> and I was thinking in the beginning just just to study and to live and I don't know to get more people or to see what God has to me, but I wasn't expecting to really build a life here and. Even ago, I had um, a something that affected my past. Um, God was showing me that I could build my family here, in a new country, a new place with new people, and it could help me. And could I don't know if I can understand? Could I um, give a kind of upgrade with my faith? And while I was getting no more about NATO. So it's not just about him, it's how God was really answering my prayers, 
how he was showing me everything that I had prayed before. And he was saying that he wasn't needing to leave, was starting here too. So I was praying too, um, and God answered all my prayers about this guy. <laughs> and I remembered that one day um, I received a voice message from a colleague. She really didn't know any idea about what's happening in my life. And she told me she had dreamed with me all the night. And in this dream, I was married and very, very, very happy. So after when she, I listened to this voice message, my heart just filled with really a big joy. And I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, that's your answer. And now you are married for one month. <laughs> and I can say, I have a family here. <clears throat> a family that I was praying for. And I prayed for years and years. Um, God showed me that he was worth worth waiting for. <laughs> Sorry. And I'm really delighted and grateful to be here and to live our time and living now. And I learned so much, so much about God. And, and I have a really special um, thing in the Bible that I'd like to share, to share with you. It's in Psalms chapter 37 and the verses 4 and 5. They say, um, Delight yourself also in the Lord. And she will give you the desires of your heart. Comment in your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And He shall bring it to pass. And I'm realizing now that we can have a really nice life. We can have a simple life. But when you are awaiting God, we have a really an extraordinary life. It's completely different. And I know that what I am living here with my husband and my family, and just the beginning of so many things that I know God is providing my life to, and to our life together, because now you are building our story. And I know we have many things. It's not easy. The life, you know, it won't be easy. Even know God answered my prayers. I know we have problems. That's the part of the life. Jesus said it was, you have it. But more important, we should know, we needed to know that how he is with faithful and so really, really great it was. And he can provide everything. So much more than really was thinking or you are expecting or you really need it. So that's one part of my story. Thank you. That was lovely, dear.
<coughs> Morning, church. <laughs> um, James, your testimony was lovely too. Um, thanks for allowing me to be able to share my uh, testimony as well. And when I was asked, like, I wasn't sure what to say because, like, you know, you can pick, you could go on forever about some, you know, I've 30 years I can't, I can't to talk about, but I, I, can, I was thinking, like, what, what will I talk, talk and what will I say, what will I share? And um, I was thinking, look, I, I'll share, like, just a few kind of key moments that, that happened in my life that the Lord really kind of showed himself and his personality to me and um, also how he kind of revealed himself and what he did for, for us, I'll share that. Um, but anyway, originally I'm from Waterford. My, my dad was from Cork and my mother was from Kilkenny and they met in Waterford. And uh, that's where I actually grew up then. And we, I grew up in, in, they were Christians and I grew up in a Christian home and I really was blessed to have a Christian home. Like it was, like my parents taught me, try, tried to teach me the values of living a right life and living before the Lord and it was like and then I, I attended a church that was had a real passion and love for the Lord as well and I had I had every, everything to to get me going and I, I was really blessed by by that but um, really like it doesn't really matter how much someone tells you about the Lord or how much how much um, how, how much you go to church or how much you try and do things right or whatever you really has to the lord when the lord reveals himself to you you really have to like it's a thing then you have to decide whether it's i'm going for this or i'm not you know and it, that that comes to everything you're not born into christianity you know um, and like the lord in through my life the lord like uh, revealed himself bit by bit to me uh, even as in the Christian home, he did that. And I remember, like, the first, okay, like, I grew up and my parents were reading the Bible to me every night, but I remember one thing that really struck me that the Lord showed me. It was when I was very young that he was there. And I was actually, it's simple, because the Lord speaks to you in simple things and shows you in simple things, but I was learning to cycle. I don't know if you remember, like, when you have a small little bike, you're a kid, you have the little stabilizers, there are two wheels at the back, just so that you don't fall over, you're cycling around. And uh, I was down to the one stabilizer on the right, you know. <laughs> so I was there, and I was taking ages to, um, to get off it, because when, when Dad would take it off, he'd go ahead, and I was always falling. And I actually remember one night I had a dream that I, Dad would take off the stabilizer for me. I'd fall once, I'd get back up, and I'd cycle on, and there'd be no problem. And the very next day, that happened. And I was like, whoa. I just, it didn't really register that, oh, wow, the Lord showed me something. But it wasn't like, it was just simple, but it was just something that stuck with me. And I was able to, I knew that there was a Lord, there was a God who there to show me. It was just confidence, you know, that there was someone greater. And I grew up then, like, I went, like everyone went through primary school, secondary school. And, um, I know, had the same things, like, like anyone had, like dealing with, oh, I don't know, bullies or being a bully maybe, I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no, I wasn't. But um, I don't think I was, anyway. But uh, anyway, um, but also like then, like as you grow up, like your innocence goes like, okay, I grew up in church. My parents tried to protect me from what the, like, the world is. The world is not a nice place and there's lots out there, you know? And, uh, but my innocence kind of went away and uh, like, obviously you're in class, I was in an all boys school, you're exposed to everything and I kind of got, uh, like then I kind of got up, caught up, like then towards the end of primary school, 
uh, coming into secondary school, I kind of got caught up like with the internet and was like everything that it has to offer pornography, and I kind of it was something that I I didn't like. It was it was difficult. Like I, I obviously the flesh what seeks after these things, and it's not good. But I was not. I never. I was never proud of it. I, and it was something. It was a secret sin. Like, and I knew it wasn't right because all the values that I'd been taught, like, were saying this isn't right. Even in your heart, you know, when you do something that's wrong, you know, this is not right. And yeah, I, I, I had a lot of guilt, and I didn't even realise like how much it affected me. At first, obviously, it affected my relationship with God. That was that was the first thing. It put a barrier there. And then it affected my relationship with people, my parents, my family. Now, I didn't realize this at the time, but I knew in my heart there was something heavy. I felt a little bit hopeless, to be honest, and it affected my studies, and I didn't have motivation, you know? But anyway, that, that, was, that was happening. And anyway, while that was going on, life had to continue as well. Like, so I, when I finished secondary school, I, just, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like... Eh, I didn't really, I haven't had a clue, I think. When you're young, it's very hard to decide what you want to do for the next 70 or 60, 70 years or whatever, however long, you know. But I, my dad was an electrician, and I said, look, I kind of go with something similar. So I decided to go and uh, study electrical engineering, you know. And um, I don't know, I think looking back, it mightn't have been the best idea because my maths wasn't my strong point. But anyway, I, I realised that, especially after failing a couple of modules of maths modules well into the, into the course. But uh, I was good and I was, I was studying away. Um, but also, a, a thing that I actually remembered when I was... Just before I went into, into, um, into college, I, into, the, into the degree, I was looking for... Um, a part-time job because myself and my friend used to cut grass and we used to clean windows but uh, we, we both wanted a part-time job because obviously we get a bit more for that and I remember one day I was just in bed and my sister was going into town and I, I felt the Lord put it on my heart because my friend was going my uh, sister was going in to meet a friend and I felt the Lord put it on my heart go in now and go in with uh, your sister meet up with a friend and then hand out a few CVs and I was like ah yeah is there any point maybe I should cut a few lawns or something so but anyway I did it and I uh, I actually went into a butcher's and they said oh look it was the last kind of last few CVs I said I'll just hand one in here so I handed one in and they said oh go down go down to another shopping centre there we have a sister company and they're looking for people so I went down to the shopping centre and I couldn't remember the name of the butchers and there was three butchers so I just handed in a CV into each butchers and a few days later the Lord provided me with a job and actually it's kind of funny as well like through like up to now like the Lord has shown me a lot of himself through my work how he is able to provide but that was one of the things that just the Lord I, I just was obedient to the Lord in that moment I didn't really feel like doing it but the Lord provided for me in that and I had a job throughout college then a part-time uh, job but anyway the course my course college course finished um, but I had a few math, math modules as I heard to to repeat and I was like okay um, it was summertime um, but the Lord provided me with a job and it, it just a, for a few months over the summer, that summer when I finished, and I went, I, I worked abroad for a bit, and I came back, and I went back to the butchers, 
um, because I still had to repeat those modules at Christmas time. So um, I worked away, and it was kind of a bit depressing when I came back, because like, it felt like a step backwards. And I was like, I've got this degree now. I've tasted what the real jobs are like, and I'm back here in this. So it felt, it was a bit, it felt a bit humbling. It was, a bit, it was hard, but I had to do it. And, but it was a great blessing to have it. Um, but I was, in the meantime, I was still looking uh, for other jobs. I was looking around online, and I happened to notice this company that had a very good reputation, and I was like, oh, I'd love to get a job there. Because they were known, they were electrical contractors, they were known around the world. Like, and I was like, wow, that would be amazing. That's the dream, you know? But I said, nah, I could never get in there. Because I'd, I'd, I'd kind of fumbled my way through college, barely got my degree, um, and the Lord helped me pass those exams miraculously because I prayed so hard, but the Lord helped me just get through. He gave me enough, what I needed, and I got it. And it was, no, it was, seriously, it was, it was like, it was really like, I got what I needed, and the Lord gave it to me, and I was blessed. Uh, but anyway, I saw this company, and I was like, oh, yeah. I kind of dismissed it. I said, never me in that company because I don't fit the bill for that. Anyway, you need straight A's for that one, you know? But uh, anyway... Then I felt, after Christmas then, that Christmas after I passed those exams and got whatever I needed, I was, um, I was, um, um, I was there and I felt the Lord kind of prop my heart. My dad was an electrician. He said, why don't you just go in the direction that, you, that you, you've studied in? It's not maybe what, it wasn't what I had planned. I was hoping to be an engineer, not an electrician, you know, but I, it, I said, okay, I'll go that way. And literally... I was still applying away to different places, and then I, I went with my dad, and I saw a, a, a position for a junior engineer. I, literally about a couple of days after I went with my dad, um, I saw a, a position for a junior engineer in Clanmel, which is only 30 minutes away from me, come up for that company. And I was like, whoa, I, and I played for it. And then um, I was like, okay, fair enough. And then they got back to me, and I couldn't believe it. Um, so, but before I applied, I, I, I had a firm belief, go with your CV and call into them, show your face. And I remember on my way up, my dad was dropping me up and I had my CV. And you know people like, you kind of like exaggerate white lies and whatever. And I was going up with my dad, <laughs> with, the, with my CV, with my like, um, yeah, just whatever it was. And I felt like, no, you shouldn't go up with that. So I told my dad, dad, I have to turn around and rewrite my CV. So, uh, so I went around with dad, my dad turned around, went back home. I typed up my CV again with exactly with what I was. I didn't fluff it up. And then I went back and within about two weeks, I had a job. I wasn't with my dad two weeks and I'd gone. <laughs> but um, it was really, but I, I was really like surprised. That really spoke to me because I could see the Lord's hand, how he helped me through my exams. He just gave me what I needed, but it was enough. He helped me get a job that I was not, felt like I was not fit for, but he gave it to me. And he showed me that even, he showed me that by honoring him and not trying to be something that I wasn't, but by be what I was, except my, what I, like I wasn't the most academic or whatever. He, he, and in that, I was blessed. And it also spoke to me that, because I felt so like, I, that I'd gone from the Lord, I felt like there was no hope for me. I felt like I'm doing, I have all this in the background that no one knows about with the internet and all this stuff going on. I felt that I, there was, I was a lost cause. But the Lord uh, showed me he still cared. 
about a job. And I was like, whoa. And that softened my heart. And it was a work then that, that the Lord like, was doing. He was building something up bigger in my life. So anyway, I got the job. I was working away. And I have a good friend, a friend my best friend, actually, Samuel. In, he was my best man. And uh, he had gone to a Christian conference in Germany and, uh, uh, the year before. And he was going again this year. And he said, oh, why don't you come? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I had really, to be honest, I was going through the mechanics of Christianity, not knowing Lord Isaac. Yeah, I wasn't really too interested, but I was like, okay. And then he, he said, well, you never know, you might find a wife there. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Uh, so I, but I'm glad I didn't find a wife. <laughs> so, uh, so and because I found, I found later, excuse me. Um, but anyway, I was there and I, 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 was, I was planning, planning to go. I'd, it was during the summer and um, as we were going then, um, uh, um, I was like, oh, maybe I mightn't go because work is busy or whatever. But anyway, the Lord helped us to go. And even as we were going to the airport, I, I felt like lots of things happened to try and stop me from going. Like I, I, we went to the airport. I left my wallet in the car. We were in the airport. I had to go back and get it. And then when we actually got over there, I lost my wallet and all the money that was in it. And Samuel actually had to pay for pretty much the whole holiday. But uh, when, anyway... When I went there, I was there. I was like, okay, let's see now what this is all about. And I was kind of, I was praying, Lord, please do something because I need it. I knew it in my heart. And uh, anyway, I was there the first night and I saw the pastor and I said, he came in in flip-flops. And I was like, what? And it's sh- shorts and socks. And I was like, this doesn't look like a pastor at all to me. I was, because I always, in my own mind, I said, you have to dress up and do your best. And I said, he doesn't look like he's, he's, he's the right man for the right job. You know what I mean? And anyway, I was like, I was very judgmental. I had these things, you know, and I was like, okay. I said, we'll see you now. I said, I'll, I'll, I'll keep everything. But anyway, he started talking. It was a week-long conference, and he started talking. He said, I, he didn't, he said I, I'm going to talk about now, about what the Lord, about basic Christianity, what it is about, what Jesus said, and explain it to you, because I feel that you need it. And I felt like when he was talking to me, I was sitting like somewhere, like oh, if this was the room, I was sitting somewhere over there. And I felt like he was talking directly at me. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't know. Like, I was like, oh, this is a bit, yeah, and I, you don't know where to look, like, and whatever, you know. But anyway, he was, um, he was speaking. And all through the week, I felt like the Lord pressing in my heart. I could feel the weight of my sin, of the things that I was going through, my, the, like the difficulties. And I really wanted to share it. But I couldn't because I was so ashamed of it, you know. But I felt like there was someone that I could share it with. But then, um, towards the um, towards the end of the towards the end of the um, uh, towards the end of the actual uh, conference, it was like the second last night or last night. I can't remember. But he, uh, he there was a moment where the, he said, to the, "Okay, we're going to have a time with the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit move." And my goodness, it was amazing. Like I got, um, I, like the Lord. He, I felt like I felt a burden, the heaviness, and I cried so much. I never cried in my life, and I couldn't. Then, like uh, I was able to actually share on the spot what the Lord, what I was going through, and I felt the Lord lift the burden so much out of my heart. All the all the weight of the sin and everything was just lifted, and I could not believe it. Like it was like like I, I was free. It didn't matter, and I was worried. Then I would then I was like, Lord. 
I know I can't resist this even still. Like, and I felt like the Lord saying, I am with you. And he, I felt him like saying, you are forgiven as well. And I just, when he said that, it was just like so warming, you know. And the Lord is so good. Like how he, how he, lead, how he led me through um, all, all the way up to this, you know. And he, he, he had softened my heart. He did the work. He, did the, he turned the key little by little until he, until he met me, you know. And... Um, then, yeah, and I can say, like, you know, uh, there was a verse then that I, g- I got at the conference, because I, I wasn't too much into reading the Bible. I read it every so often, but I got a verse at, at, the, at, the, conference, at the conference, and I will just read it with you, and I'll just finish up then. But it was in um, 2 Timothy 1, and it was verse 7. I'll just get it two seconds there now. So for, the sp- for the Spirit... For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And that really, like, that, I was able to hold on to that, knowing that I could rely on the Lord when I was struggling. And, like, I feel like sometimes we also, like, also now I've shared my testimony or whatever, but sometimes you feel like you see someone up on sharing the testimony that they've got it all together. No, it's a work. Our testimony is not finished until we meet the Lord. And, like, the Lord is continuing to show me through my work, showing me, giving me victories through my work, through my life with him. And um, also, I just want to say one thing. You're not on your own. That was the biggest lie that I believed. I believed I was on my own in, in this sin, and I felt like I couldn't share it with anyone. But firstly, the Lord showed me he was with me. And then I could see others who were fully supporting and able to see. So don't, if you ever feel on your own, you're not. It's a lie. But the Lord is with you, and you can call to him and keep keep. Like James said, keep coming, feeding yourself, keep coming to church, keep feeding yourself, and the Lord will help you and free you where, where you need your freedom. So, yeah, I have only got to thank. Well done. Praise God, amen. Okay. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Thank you, James. Cassia, thank you. Nathan, thank you. Let's give them just so more appreciation for sharing. If you cannot see how the hand of God weaves through our lives, you know, hopefully there will come a serendipitous moment in your life experience where you may think that you're just the sum total of all your biological cells. You're much more than that. Or you're just here by chance. You know, or this is all some big soup that we just climb out of. No, I want to tell you, there's a God who cares. He loves you. He's been invested in you from the very moment you were conceived in your mother's womb. He saw you before time ever happened. And he made a plan not just to bring you out of the life of sin that you're in, but to bring you into a life of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise God. I'll share a few more about that in a moment. I just want to, first of all, acknowledge the testimonies, and we'll get back to you in a moment. I do have to give a quick update on Africa before we move forward. Can you say amen? For, uh, I want to say, well, on behalf of myself and Catherine, we were in Nigeria, the great country of Nigeria, 230 million people. 
First time to be in a city with 26 million people in Lagos, and that was an experience in itself. But I want to tell you, first of all, Nigerian people here, uh, you are the most friendliest nation I've been to. And that's the truth. Uh, the, the esteeming kindness that was shown to me by the by the, by the population, by the leaders, by the church, uh, was very, very, very warming. And to be able to say, uh, to have that affiliation with the great nation of Nigeria and with the church there, to be able to say there's a great church in Nigeria, some wonderful men and women of God we met. Uh, there's an awful lot of difficulties in Nigeria, and you know that. What, we all read the papers. We know what's going on. There's some, there's some things needed that only God can do. Amen. And he'll do it through a church that's humble. And I believe that the Nigerian church is getting to a place where God is beginning to turn her heart back to his feet again, away from some of the, the foolishness that it went down many years ago with the faith prosperity movement and all that sort of stuff. And there was a deep yearning in the hearts. Actually, it was Bishop Nkonku made this for me, got it made for me. I uh, had to promise I'd wear it this morning uh, coming in and... Uh, but I just want to thank the Lord for what we saw. We, we saw an estimate of about 8,000 leaders over the couple of conferences that we did. And the Holy Spirit moved. We taught a new covenant. There was a roar went up from the people when they heard that God made a covenant with Christ, not with them, and that Christ ever lives to make intercession to bring the benefits of that great covenant into their lives. So uh, I just want to give you that update. We did a, we're a part of a medical mission with over 80 doctors there. There was actually live surgeries being done with dentists and our orthodontics being done. Um, it was an amazing event as well to be part of that. I want to bring you greetings with Pastor Carter and Teresa who were with us at that, well, we were with them, we were accompanying them to preach at that conference. But just to say our hearts were full coming back from Africa and uh, to believe God, as the Nigerians are trusting God for a turnaround in their country, uh, I'm inspired for us to really be trusting God for a turnaround in this country. Amen. And our country needs Christ, it needs God. I just also want to alert you in the closing stages of this service, we have a, a referendum that's coming up very shortly. And um, I'm not going to get political, I will never tell you how to vote, uh, but it is very, very important. There's a referendum coming up. The Bible says righteousness exalts a nation, and sin is a reproach to any people. So there's a referendum coming up that will looking to dilute uh, the value of the family and how it's already constituted, and to also dilute the role of, I believe, the mothers in the home. Uh, if you vote yes to that, you will dilute those things for sure and expand the definitions into a more liberal definition. Uh, my father used to tell me when it comes to those sort of political things, if you don't know what's going on, always vote no. That's what he said to me, because then things never change, okay? So I just want to say, prayerfully consider your vote. You're part of this society. We have to be as Christians, be salt and light, and to consider that, because these are big issues. Anything to do with our families, um, and uh, my family's grown, but I've got grandchildren. You saw my little granddaughter with me this morning, and I want her to grow up in a country where Christian values are esteemed, because that's what has made us great as a nation. So I want you to pray about that as a church as well, how God would lead you in your vote, and don't be indifferent to that. Be very, very cautious. Amen. Bless God. I also want to tell you this morning, it's a very sad morning for the DC family. Uh, my my daughter-in-law, Sharon, her, her dad um, passed away a, a year today. And so she's with her mom, Christine, who's also a great friend. And Christine loves God and really love, love the Lord, I believe, is in heaven today. So those of you who know Sharon, Sharon's my daughter-in-law. Nathan is there. My grandchildren, Sharon plays drums. They're both active deacons in the life of the church. So maybe you might bring some consolation if you know them. 
to the family at this time, a very difficult time when you have someone so dear passed on. Amen. And thank God this morning we as Christians don't grieve like those who have no hope because we know where Billy is today. He's received the Lord Jesus, so he's seated with him in heaven today. So bless the name of the Lord. I want to leave you with a closing verse. And there's a book in, in the Bible called the Ecclesiastes. And it was one of three books that one of the wisest men the Bible says that ever lived. His name was Solomon. He was the, uh, one of the kings of Israel, last king of Israel before the nation became divided. Very wise man, because when he took his kingship, he asked God, the Lord gave him a request, you know, do you want riches, do you want power? And he asked for wisdom. And uh, the Bible says he was the most wisest man that ever lived. And he wrote Ecclesiastes. And it's a great book for you to read. He wrote the Proverbs, which are very funny, full of truth. He wrote the Songs of Solomon, which is an intimate love affair that has a, a deeper spiritual meaning because it's in the scriptures, because it has the valuation of Christ and his church, but also pictorially in the form of human love as well. And so he was a very, very eloquent man, a songwriter, um, you know, and um, a poet, and also a man of great proverbs and wisdoms. And he finishes Ecclesiastes um, uh, in a... In a, you know, in a tremendous, um, a tremendous fashion. Let me just read you the first verse. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth, before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore. Remember Him before the light of the sun and the moon and the stars is dim in your old eyes. And rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember him before your legs, the guards of the house start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining servants stop grinding. And before your eyes, like the women who look through the windows dimly, Remember him before the door of life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. When you rise up because of the chirping of a bird, in other words, the smallest sound wakes you. And all other sounds then eventually grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worrying about danger in the streets. That's one of the greatest fears of people as they get older. Fear of falling, breaking a hip, breaking a shoulder. It's not something that they smile or laugh about. It's something that is, people face every day. And one day if you grow old enough, that's what you'll face and what I will face. Before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom. Thank God I have my dad's hair because I'm very gray. But everyone says I don't have gray but we all get gray as we get older. You drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper. Have you ever seen a dying grasshopper? Well, if you're in Africa, you've probably seen it. We don't see too many of them over here, but I'd imagine one leg is kind of going like this. And the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. We won't talk about that. Let's move on. Remember him before you're, you're near the grave. Your everlasting home when the mourners will weep at your funeral. 
for heaven's sake. You're on a journey. And that journey is not stopping. You're getting older. And you have to start considering your soul. You can consider your pension. You can consider your career. You can consider who you're going to marry, how many kids you're going to have. But I, wanted, I want you to remember this morning something far deeper. Remember your creator. You have an opportunity. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you're here this morning, if you're watching in online, you're here because God has caused you to hear the testimony of three young people who have that individual yet similar experience of encountering God that, that brought the greatest of all changes to their lives and brought a peace that passes understanding. And that's what God would have for you. Nathan, in the midst of his compromise, in his shameful sin with the internet and pornography, uh, you know, thinking that God didn't have any care for him because he didn't measure up, not realizing all the time, just like, just like the story of Hosea, like his wife, you know, thinking that because she left her husband and she went after her lover and she was living such sin that she was getting these presents delivered to her home and she thought it was from her lovers, but it was from her husband who she left and abandoned. And, and you know, you think you're getting good things in your life because people are nice to you. You're getting good things in your life because God loves you. He loves you. They're not deserved. None of us deserve them. He doesn't run away from you because you stink of sin. Because you've all these secrets that you don't want anyone to know of. And I don't care to know about them either. I don't care to uncover any man's sin. I want to uncover for you this morning that there's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that cares for you. There's a God that loves you so much that he didn't want a hair of your head to perish. That he, he and his son covenanted together. That he, the son, Jesus Christ, would come to earth and become part of the human race. And would die a death that should have been our death. He would take the punishment to himself so that you and I, the guilty ones, would go free. That he would elect himself to become a second Adam when the first Adam failed us miserably. Our first father in the garden felt the first hurdle and left us in this awful predicament where, where we were full of pride and full of self, thinking that we could make it on our own. We didn't need God. We just need to know science. We just need to know knowledge. We just need to get better educated. We just need more money. We just need another run at it again. I'll get it better tomorrow. If Adam filled us with all these self-belief issues, like James was on about all the self-help books. You know, I remember listening to half of those dozy idiots myself, and they're on their second and third marriage, telling us how to fix our own marriage. It's amazing. Sometimes the, sometimes the people who have the biggest problems become the counselors. <laughs> have you noticed? The people who have the, the biggest mess ups upstairs, they're, they're still dealing, they're telling us how to live their life. It's shocking. There's only one perfect and his name is Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and he didn't come to tell you, he came to show you. See, telling is cheap. Amen. It's easy to tell someone you're too fat, you need to lose weight. But tell them something that will help them to lose weight. Now that takes revelation. Amen. Tell someone, oh, you're, you're, you're this or you're that or the other. It's easy. It's cheap talk. Amen. But Jesus came to show us. He came to show us the way to God. And he, he went through the, to the veil of his own flesh, friends. He made, he made peace with God, the Bible says, through the cross. He hung where we should have hung. He died where we should have died. He said, Father, I love them too much. I don't want a hair of their head to perish. 
Oh, they won't go to hell because we send them there. They'll go to hell because they'll go there. They'll choose it, but they won't. We won't send them. They'll go because they choose it. I tell you today, the Holy Spirit would say to you, choose life and not death. Choose heaven and not hell. Choose Christ and live. Amen. Because he paid the price for you. Remember your creator in the days of you before the difficult days come. They are coming for all of us. I hate to say it. We're all turning certain age groups, certain categories. Pastor John, you amaze me. You look fantastic for 55. Oh, sorry, you turned 60, wasn't it? Sorry. Even Pastor John is getting old. Even the young men will utterly faint. But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. I've met old men who are so full of God. They're so alive. And I've met young men who stink of death. What is the difference? It's the resurrected Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. You know, I looked up this morning and I saw these three wonderful young people. Unrelated. They don't know each other's stories, but I looked up and see, because I know you a long time. I remember those, I remember you were 20. And I remember you, you were like the reluctant bride. Just coming to the altar, but nah. And then there was a time when God got hold of you and everything changed. I looked up at them and I, I, I saw three lives that God did something so powerful, so miraculous. Do you know what? If I thought that politics would change the world, I would have become a politician because the world needs changing. But I know one thing, politics will never change this world. Governments will never change this world. The only thing that can change this world is God. And at the end of Ecclesiastes 12, I don't have enough time. You can read it. It's a fantastic chapter. He sums up everything. Let me sum it all up, he says. Let me read you what he says. Read all that chapter. I hope you read it tonight when you go home. It's just absolutely fantastic. He says in verse 13, Here now is my final conclusion. So this is the wisest man that ever lived. He tells you the foolishness of life. Everything is foolishness under the sun. You'll toil to get things only to leave more behind you anyhow. He tells you how useless life is without, without a purpose. And he says, this is my conclusion. He said, fear God and obey his commandments. For this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. But the Bible says that fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Fear means to respect, to honor, to bow down, to give homage, to give dues to. And if you come to God today and say, oh God, I fear, I respect you. You're going to sense his love like never before. And the power of God that raised Christ from the dead will give life to your body. There is something that is exchanged in a man or a woman when they come to God in an honest way, because we're not coming to a pastor, we're not coming to a president, we're not coming to some uh, religious leader, some king or some queen, we're coming to God, friends. So there's a way to come to God, and that's in a way of reverence. Amen? That's the right thing to do. It's to know who we are. Because you can never ask God for salvation and think you can eyeball him eye to eye. Do you understand? That's not salvation. That's an experiment that's going to go really bad. You come to God... On a bended knee. You come to God in a humble way because he's God. You come to God because you know who you are and who he is. But at that moment, friends, as you bow, you'll find that someone bows down as well. 
to meet with you because that's who our God is. He condescends, he stoops down. But first you must bow. And if you bow, he will meet you. You will feel his embrace. You will feel the love of God that passes understanding. And something is exchanged at that moment. And Jesus said it's been born again. It means the spirit of God is diffused from the heavenly father. He comes into your body. He takes up residence inside in you. He gives you a strength from heaven. He makes you right. He cleanses you of sin. He makes you a child of God. That's what happens at being born again. When you bow the knee, he comes down. He meets with you. And then all of a sudden, your eyes are going to get open, and you're going to look back like James and Cassia and Nathan and say, now I can see the hand of God all the way through my life. Before I thought it was circumstances. I just thought it was just random acts. I just thought it was just, you know, these things just happened. You will see the hand of God, how he kept you from falling off a cliff into a dark eternity and brought you in. That will be your testimony like millions upon millions. Even now, millions upon millions are coming into the kingdom of God. And maybe this morning it's your time. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Maybe you're not old. Maybe you're not young. Maybe you're old. Remember him now. Maybe you just lived a foolish, spent life. And all you have is all the fears in you. I want to tell you Christ can still come. And he can bring the peace of heaven upon you. And give you such a confidence whatever life is left. And such purpose in it. Will you stand with me this morning right across the church? We're going to worship one song. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask before we, we sing, is there one man or woman here this morning? I won't embarrass you. I promise you. And now in, in, in any way, I won't embarrass you. But I'm going to ask every eye to close for a moment and your head to be bowed. Is there, is there anyone, is there any man, any woman that wants to give their life to Jesus Christ? Say, I, I, I want what they have. I, I want to sense God. I want to know God. I want to be a Christian. Every eye closed, please. Every head bowed, just as we're concluding this morning. If there's someone online, you have to do this as well with us. I want you to put your hand up good and high so I can see it. I won't embarrass you. Nobody else is going to come to you in any way. If there's one here this morning, so I want to give my life to Christ. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to remember him now in the days of my youth. I don't want another day to pass by. Just raise your hand so we can pray. I can pray from here. I won't be asking you, but I just want to pray for you. Is there one this morning? God bless you. No, no, I see that hand. God sees your hand. Is there anyone else this morning? God sees you too, sister. God bless you. Hallelujah. There's two people. Anyone else? God love you. God bless you. Is there someone else this morning that you know in your heart you have to give your heart to Christ? You cannot leave this church this morning. You cannot shut off your device wherever you are and, and, and forget what you heard. God has been drawing you for a long time. He loves you. He cares for you. Now you have to engage him as God and you must bow your knee and say, God, forgive me my sin. Are you ready to say, forgive me? If you are, say, forgive me right where you are. Ask God right now, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Are you ready to make him Lord? Say, Lord, I'm bowing to you, Lord. I'm bowing my knee. I bow before you. Bow right before him in your heart, right where you are. And say, Lord, come in and change me. And be my king. I want to be a Christian. If that's you this morning, God will see you. God will hear you. You will have the same experience I've had. You will have the same experience Nathan has had and James has had and Cassia and millions of others. The Holy Spirit will touch your life. You'll be wonderful. God bless you. I see that hand as well. Hallelujah. Anyone else this morning? I know God is moving. I know God is speaking. You have a rich future. As you raise your hand to the Lord, God will raise his hand to you. 
As you raise your hand to him, he will reach down and hold your hand this morning. God bless you. Anyone else this morning, call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, and you shall be saved. Father, I pray for those who have called upon you. I pray for those who are watching online, those who are calling upon you now, Lord God. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, you will send the Holy Spirit into them. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, they will live a rich and fruitful and full life, God, for your glory and bear much fruit for you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We honor you this morning, Lord. We bless you Jesus. Hallelujah Lord Jesus. Hallelujah Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.